we can always uh, my you know part of the, I just downloaded Audacity because um, it's supposed to be a really good audio editor and it's free. Um, so we can always go back and clean stuff up too, like take out some long pauses and ums and that sort of thing. And if we go down really weird tangents that we don't want in there, we can always take them out. Okay. Um, so um, uh, I'm just gonna leave this off like we may be broadcasting this. So uh, welcome everyone to episode zero of uh, the saucer section. Uh, I'm one of your hosts, Michael. Uh, I'm Chris. And uh, we are um, two uh, bored nerds during uh, quarantine looking for uh, something to do. So like everyone else, we said, uh, why don't we start a podcast uh, rewatching uh, an old TV show? Um, and the, the show that we selected uh, was uh, Star Trek The Next Generation. Um, I have a long uh, and storied uh, history with uh, Star Trek The Next Generation. Uh, one of my oldest memories is of sneaking out of my bedroom as like probably a five-year-old um, crawling out from my bedroom after bedtime and like hiding beside the couch while my dad watched TNG. Oh, wow, that's um, and I, awesome. think I, I think I even know which episode it was. Um, and uh, and because uh, I, I, I it, it, it was fairly memorable and it's in the first season. Um, so, and I, I, you know, I walked down the aisle to the theme song to the next generation. I have a Star Trek tattoo. Um, you know, T TNG is something uh, near and dear to my heart. Um, Chris, why, why don't you tell everyone um, your history with, with Star Trek? That's, that's cool. I didn't, I didn't realize you actually walked down the aisle to, uh, <laughs> that's, that's amazing. Yeah, my, uh, my history with Star Trek is much less storied. Uh, I'd say I, I never really got into it as a kid. I mean, I was sort of into Star Wars, but never never really got into Star Trek. And like, there's a bit of like tribalism there, where even if you've never really experienced the other thing, you know that it's the other thing. So I, I don't know. I think I was just always a little reticent to to get into it. And then uh, 2009, the, the reboot movie came out and I watched that because I was really into blockbuster movies around that time like big action movies and it seemed like it was just a big action movie which it kind of was but it, it really i was. mean it, that's and, and that's, that's what it took though timeline too i mean we, we can get into this but that's the kelvin timeline it's not yeah. even the original timeline anymore. yeah but i i guess that's sort of what it took to like pull me into to to the world of star trek and i mean i've i've watched all of the modern ones uh I briefly watched uh, TNG, but not like super like, I don't know what the word is. It was uh, on in the background. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't like actively engaged with it. It was, uh, it was just background because I, I was building a spaceship out of Lego and I wanted something space themed to go on in the background while I was focusing. But yeah, that's, that's about my, my history with Star Trek. I'm hoping to... Uh, gain a, a broader understanding of the world and lore as we uh, as we go into this. Well, and and so the, I, I think we should uh, maybe say up at the top that uh, you and I know each other from uh, our weekly role-playing game group yes. um, that uh, I put together on Reddit uh, from a Reddit post uh, shortly after moving to, we're both in Massachusetts. Um, Shout out I'm, LFG. Yeah, I, I'm a, uh, uh, a California native that transplanted to uh, uh, to Massachusetts uh, for my original career 
Uh, I was in hospitality for 20 years and uh, left that to be a full-time stay-at-home dad. And I'd been slacking off for the last year, air quotes around <laughs> slacking off, uh, being a dad. Um, but uh, that was uh, one of the many reasons that I was like, ah, I, I've got time in my life to do a podcast. Uh, <laughs> um, and so that's how we know each other. Um, and I think I've pitched to the group, soft pitched to the group a couple of times of doing a Star Trek RPG, um, which no one was really in for because I'm the only true Trekker in the group. And uh, you were building a starship because I was running a sci-fi campaign. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, we came close. We were in space. Yeah, yeah. It was more <laughs> Battlestar Galactica, not quite uh, TNG, but it was, it was close. It was close. Yeah. Um, okay, so uh, why don't we start off with you on the on this next point? Is, is um, what it, what are your expectations, or what are you, um, uh, what are your thoughts going into this? Really, kind of like your first true watch, I would say. Um, it's a beginning of a rewatch for you, but not not t quite a, a full rewatch for you. But what are what are you uh, thinking you might get out of this or see out of this or what are you expecting and that sort of thing? I think I've always like I think I've always liked the the broad strokes like idea I have of what Star Trek is and like the sort of vision it has for uh, like the the way that humanity can somehow eventually pull our way out of the the mess that we've put ourselves in and i i hope that especially relevant uh, for 2020 yeah exactly <laughs> uh but i'm, I'm hoping that uh th through the rewatch that i that 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 sort of feeling and that sort of general idea i have of star trek will be reinforced and maybe built upon and uh I don't know. Maybe maybe give me uh, some some hope in in these uh, these times where it feels like most of humanity isn't really on the same page in terms of moving forward or um, anywhere. Yeah, yeah. We're all pulling different directions. It's it's nice to see, or or it'll it will be nice to to see a world where we sort of got our shit together and pointed in one direction and how much we can achieve when we do that. And well, and that, that'll be interesting for TNG too, because Gene Roddenberry, the, the creator of the original track and, and TNG, um, you know, he had, you know, he had a vision, but also uh, uh, there was a writer's mandate that there not be um, a lot of crew conflict, um, that the crew itself not be at each other, that they are always, they always get along pretty well um, and that the, there's not a lot of drama that you draw from those character interactions. So all the drama and all the story has to come from external forces. Um, but the, the crew itself and humanity as a whole, um, you know, aside from the aliens that are in the crew that, that also behave this way are fairly united and uh, cohesive and harmonious. Um, uh, so that's cool. That's cool mechanic in order to like uh guarantee that sort of feeling to, it to is, the show. Uh, you know i mean trek moves away has moved away from it as uh they you know after gene passed and uh other uh creative minds took the helm um and you know certainly the the new trek has been criticized for being uh a little too uh dark or a little too uh non-harmonious of the crew and that sort of thing so uh, too but, much interpersonal drama 
Yeah, at, at, at times for sure. Um, and you, you even see that in um, in the in the Kelvin movies and the more in the modern Trek movies. Because, oh yeah. You know, I mean, Spock and Kirk were at each other's throats for most of the first movie. Um, so it, it's definitely something that they've moved moved away from, if only because that's kind of more where modern storytelling is. Um, yeah. But that kind of brings me to to my expectations or thoughts on this rewatch because I Trek is like a is a, is like comfort food for me, and especially TNG and parts of DS9. But but I don't sit down necessarily and do a cohesive rewatch that often. Um, it's been several years since I did a, a, a complete actual rewatch without skipping anything or without cherry picking episodes. Like if I have a long flight ahead of me, I'll download my, like my five favorite episodes from different seasons. And that's, you know, that's what I'll watch from Netflix. Basically recreate your own Saturday afternoon marathon. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, nice. And, and so it's, uh, you know, I, I, it's been a while since I've done this. It, it gives me an excuse to do a, a thorough rewatch. Um, I'm not totally looking for, I, when I do that cherry picking, I take almost nothing from seasons one and two. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot that is cringeworthy about seasons one and two. Um, and I think there's a lot looking back at it from our, from our current perspective, there's going to be a lot that's problematic. And I think we yeah. should talk about that as it comes up. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at specific episodes like Code of Honor. Um, but there, there, there's, there's definitely some, um, some things to, that are, that are going to be difficult to rewatch. Um, it's, but, it's, uh, you know, I think it'll be a worthwhile endeavor all the same. Yeah, it's, it's interesting how, uh, how a show that it's trying to like be forward thinking and, uh, for its like, time, it, it yeah, was. but, but it is held back by the, the ideas of its, of its time yes. and like how those affect how. And how we fact, think about what the future might be. And early Trek had no, had almost no women uh, in the writer's room. Um, and certainly none uh, helming uh, the show as showrunner. And it was, uh, and very few, if any, like I, I'd, I'd have to really dig into the writing credits, but I don't think they had really any mi- minorities in the, like it was a bunch of white dudes for the most part, writing and, and writing the show. Yeah, that um, sounds about right. And it shows in a lot of the writing, um, you know, the, you know, I've seen, I, I've seen a lot of, you know, discussions online and these, uh, you know, documents that have come out from Paramount over the years and stuff that like, you know, they got pushback for having too many women in the cast and they have three like, <laughs> next gen cast. It's not that many. Oh God. Um, and, and they end up with, with less than that by the end of the series in terms of series regulars. So, um, uh, yeah, so it's, uh, it'll be interesting to see uh, how that all goes um, and to, to look at it with a modern lens. Like, I, I think that this stuff, we, you know, it, it's a product of its time and it should be judged largely on that criteria. But I think we also need, you know, there needs to be discussion around the more problematic stuff generally. So um, we'll, we'll, we'll get into those. And if anyone uh, hearing this is upset about uh, maybe some political correctness talk around Trek, uh, they, they should probably just turn off the episode. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, because, uh, you know, surprisingly, the Trek fan base has a lot of uh, um, negative voices in it that just feel like it should just be entertainment and not have any thought or analysis put to it. And uh, that's that's not my cup of tea. That's not my. Isn't cup that of also sort of like antithetical to 
the idea of Trek in the first place? Like, wasn't it always meant to be political? Yeah, yeah, it was. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, mo- most, in my opinion, most sci-fi is. In fact, that's where Star Wars, I think, is not true sci-fi in that it rarely tries to be an allegory for uh, modern times and rarely tries to discuss social issues disguised as entertainment. Sci-fi has always excelled at doing that, at taking a social issue or taking politics or something and putting it in the future or putting it with aliens or something, disguising it slightly, just enough to make it palatable um, to disguise the message. Um, And I can say with certainty that Trek is definitely part of uh, how I, or why I am uh, a progressive liberal and uh, to ignore that would be, um, despite it being problematic, like that it's just, just like me, it's had to kind of grow and develop um, and parts of it are stale as a result. But, um, okay, so I thought this would be, um, in talking about naming this the saucer section, something that came up to me this morning was um, an idea of, you know, every podcast needs segments and needs a hook and needs uh, some part of it that's a little bit different or a little bit unique, something that only you and I can bring to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and one, one segment that I thought of um, this morning, um, <laughs> of all things, as I've been, you know, brainstorming and outlining this stuff was doing a crew log um, at the end of ep- every episode that you oh, yeah, and I, I will write and record, um, uh, you know, a, a start, you know, a, a, a ship's log uh, for the episode, but not from the perspective of one of the main characters. I think it should be from the perspective of uh, either a transporter chief that we only hear, you know, off screen, or someone that we don't even see in the episode, but we know must have been impacted. Um, yeah. And uh, someone on the lower decks, someone that isn't in the briefing room, um, but uh, is aware of enough of what's going on on the episode, and has <laughs> things to say about it. Um, so I think that that would be a fun, at the end of each episode, we would, ha- we'll, we'll have a crew log and it can be from different perspectives because, you know, a galaxy class starship has, you know, over a thousand people on it. Um, and there are children and spouses and school teachers and bartenders. And like, <laughs> there's so many random, there's a, there's barbers and like, <laughs> there's, there's so many, it's a float, you know, it's a flying city. Um, and that was the whole point of the saucer section too, was if the enterprise was going into battle, they were supposed to separate the saucer section and the, the lower half of the ship would go and do the fighting while the families and everyone stayed in the saucer section. That almost never happens through the course of the series. <laughs> that was the, that was the impetus for, for that feature. So, um, along those lines, I thought it would, would be funny if, um, or fun. I, I don't know if any of this will be funny. Um, <laughs> uh, if, uh, we might try, but that doesn't guarantee anything. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, if you and I uh, described uh, two, two, two things in terms of jobs on the enterprise. The first would be like our ideal job, like what we would really ideally like to be doing on the enterprise, what we could have signed up for Starfleet uh, to do. And then uh, more realistically, uh, what realistically our jobs would be based off a little bit of our you know, uh, of our current lives. So for example, um, you know, on, on the Enterprise D, I think the best job would, is, is Commander Rikers. I want to be the XO. I want to be the first officier. Uh, Picard's <laughs> got the weight of the, of the ship on his shoulders. 
Riker's got slightly less. He gets to go on all the away missions. He, <laughs> he gets most of the Captain Kirk experience in terms of uh, hot aliens most of the time. Oh. And, um, you know, I, I would much rather be Riker 99% of the time. So I, the ship's XO is my ideal job. Uh, versus uh, realistically what I would probably be doing is uh, what I call Lieutenant Hospitality which would be like uh, <laughs> just need to board some strange alien ambassador and uh -huh. they need guest quarters and they need to know where the holodeck is and they need to know how to get to 10 forward. And that would probably be my job. And you, need, <laughs> you need to make sure their guest quarters are reflective of their home world and stuff exactly. like that. Like, what if they're amphibious? You oh, know, no. I, fill it up. Aliens <laughs> eat live food. Okay. Replicators can't make live food. Like where am I supposed to get a hold of that? Like th there's, there's a lot of questions that go into 24th century hospitality. That's and that's definitely it has to be at least a, a lieutenant too like maybe yeah. a lieutenant JG <laughs> but um, you know I got a couple ensigns working for me and some some uh, enlisted but I'm probably lieutenant hospitality realistically <laughs> and I feel like my my ideal job just like based on how much I like to like make stuff and pull stuff apart and stuff like that I feel like I'd be in engineering uh, probably or I I'd hope I would be but more realistically, I'd be like a red shirt that dies on an away mission. Nice. <laughs> now, in TNG, the, the ones that are most expendable are the gold shirts. Ah, Because okay. um, the, 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 they, they switch colors between the original series and TNG. Uh, but yeah, uh, re, re, the, I don't want to go on an away mission. Away missions sound dangerous in terms of like realistically what I'm qualified to do. Um, so I'm standing on the, sh I'm standing on the ship and getting people into guest quarters and, you know, <laughs> I, I shudder to think of the housekeeping procedures that have to go into a, a holodeck after Cap uh, after Commander Riker's done in there. So, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, so, um, the plan or our vision for this, uh, for the, uh, for the saucer section, uh, is dear, dear listeners, uh, is uh, an episode by episode rewatch, uh, with our reactions. Uh, we're not going to be watching the episode in real time. I don't. I don't think. I think that's uh, a little bit more, uh, a little bit uh, more restricted than the two of us would like. I'd rather be able to come to it with our notes and our thoughts and our observations and go through it based off of an outline. Um, and we can always drop in some uh, some clips from time to time. Yeah, because if uh, you play, if you comment live as the episode goes, you're sort of restricted by the length of the scene to talk about the scene. So exactly um and spoiler avoidance uh i'm not going to promise that there will be no spoilers um but uh i i will do me personally will do my best to uh avoid at least the big spoilers uh uh for for the show uh we have the benefit of it not being uh of it being very episodic and not being serialized um there are some two-parters out there or quite a few two-parters but um by and large uh the uh, the episodes are very self-contained so there shouldn't be too much problem with spoilers but we will try to avoid them and if this ends up getting into ds9 and voyager um all bets are off and uh, i mean uh, as far as i'm concerned if you hear a spoiler from me it is entirely coincidental <laughs> <laughs> i'll do my best not to confirm any of your spoilers <laughs> um uh if they if they come in the form of like questions or speculation um but I, you know, I definitely rewatched the entire series multiple times by now. So, like, I could almost, I, I could almost do an episode by episode rewatch just off of recaps without even having to watch it. But I'm going to watch it. Um, that's the whole point, right? Yeah. Uh, so, 
let's see here. Uh, in terms of, uh, I, I think largely we'll come up with uh, segments as we go. Um, a couple of things that I thought um, might make sense uh, would be what I'm car calling a, a yellow alert or, 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 or yikes. <laughs> uh, uh, is uh, for problematic scenes or characters, lines, episodes when we decide to highlight those. Um, uh, I don't necessarily know that too many will rise to the level of being a red alert, but um, <laughs> Code of Honor is pretty bad. So we might have to upgrade that for, for a red alert there. Uh, so uh, at the end of each episode, I think we'll do something like called decrypting the message, uh, which is just talking about what the message or the theme of the episode was, what we're supposed to take away from it, um, and whether that holds up or not. Yeah. Um, and then, I, you know, I, we can pick kind of our favorite and our least favorite thing about the episode at the end of each episode. So uh, I was going to call that the beam up and the beam down. Uh, the beam up being our, uh, the good thing, the best best. And uh, the beam down being the uh, the best worst or or, or the, the the most problematic thing or the the thing that uh, we liked least about the episode. I think that gave us a little pause, maybe took us out of it. What's yeah. that? I said the th the thing that uh, maybe yeah. made us pause for a second, like, huh? Yeah, All right. It, it could be just something that was a little bumpy. It could just be something that. Um, doesn't really make a whole lot of logical sense. Um, it, it could be um, uh, a really bad line or, you know, it could be, you know, the beam up could be a really entertaining background actor um, that, that uh, you know, when a banger got dropped on the ship, really uh, act, did, that, did that acting really well to, to, to show it, you know, whoever's having the most fun with the episode, something like that. All right. I want to, uh, I, I think we should score each episode on a scale of uh, warp one to warp 9.9. 9. I love uh, the warp scale. Warp 10 being, um, would, would theoretically be per perfect, but warp 10 is transwarp. Warp 10 is infinite velocity and is technically impossible. So uh, there, there is no warp 10 um, uh, realistically. So it's warp 9.9. Because .9. Um, really, I don't know that there's a perfect 10 in all of TNG at least in compare, maybe within, if you're just comparing it within episodes of TNG, but if you, you have to compare it to entertainment as a whole and TV as a whole, I don't know that you could ever get to a perfect 10. Yeah. So, um, uh, and then at the end, I think uh, I'll, most of the trailers that were actually aired uh, for each episode are out there on the interwebs. Um, and I think it would be fun if at the end of each episode we watched the trailer uh, oh, for, yeah. the, for the upcoming. And and to that to that point, I found uh, at least I found a couple of trailers for the encounter at Farpoint. So I think at the end of this, we'll uh, watch that trailer um, in in anticipation of that. Um, so I'm calling that lay in a course, um, and then also the the crew log. So I think the crew log will come at the very tail end, um, and we will. I think that's where we might uh, at least write the most uh, ahead of time uh, <laughs> and yeah. uh, uh, put effort in that way. I think most of the crew log would probably come out of what we discussed during the show. Um, so we'll probably record the pod and then uh, we, we can sit down and to, together, you know, socially distant and, and remotely uh, write, write our crew, write the crew log and then one of us will record it. I, uh, I also just uh, had the idea that we could also release the crew log like 
separately as just a YouTube video. Yeah, yeah that's true. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it's one of those things, like theoretically, if it ever came to that, it could be a Patreon feature. But um, mm. on a, I, I think, it, you know, the, none, no other track rewatch podcast, I think, out there is doing the crew log. So if it's the thing that makes us unique and different, I don't picture putting it behind a paywall, but um, I don't know. Uh, and then I like know, it. Well, it's a really good idea. Cool. I, I'm, I'm glad. Um, okay. So, uh, let me pull up. I don't know how well it'll translate over the zoom recording. Uh, but let me pull up, uh, the encounter at Farpoint trailer. And we, we could just hit play at the same time instead of sharing screen. Uh, that, that might work as long as we both get the same one. So let me, uh, I'll send you a link here. Oh, I was just looking at the playlist you had. Just are we doing the 246 or the 136 one? Uh, let's do the 136 one because the 246 one is a little long. Uh, I okay. forgot that I made a playlist, so let me get into that. Uh, let's see our track. There it is. Okay. And... Okay. Do you have ads on your YouTube that you got to get through? Nope. Okay, I'm ad free too. Okay, so three. Two, one, play. Tonight, the 24th century begins. Welcome to the Enterprise. In a special world premiere movie. I love the skirt. Do you, do you see the mini skirt? Yeah. Engage. Well, you have to know that they're women, Michael. <laughs> that was a dude. Oh. <laughs> That's why the mini Even cooler. Even cooler. It was revolutionary. Chief Medical Officer Crusher and her brilliant son, Wesley, Lieutenant Commander Data, an android, the telepathic Troy, Geordi, a man with unique vision, Security Officer Yar, and Klingon Officer Worf. Shields and deflectors up, sir. Go to yellow alert. And they were really selling it as a full ensemble. Starbase yeah. Planet Deneb 4. Now are directed to return to thine own solar system immediately. A hostile alien threatens the crew. Now go back. Thou shalt most certainly die, but they're determined to finish their mission. Our map photo torpedoes, place them on ready status. Hostel is now beginning to overtake us, sir. Together, they stand trial before a merciless corpse. You will now answer to the charge of being a grievously savage race. Now, they have 24 hours to uncover the secrets of a strange world. Define one far point, sir. The classic legend begins an all-new adventure. Let's see what's out there. Star Trek, the next generation. So that was a that was a very nineties trailer. That was a very nineties trailer. Um, one thing occurred to me the first time that I rewatched that recently, and it came to me again, is the problematicness starts right with that trailer because they lift, list Captain Picard, Commander William Riker, Lieutenant Commander Data, and then after that, everyone's ranks get dropped. Chief Medical Officer. Crusher, and so it starts with the first woman, and then it's it's all women and minorities after that, and mm -hmm. they all it's it's security officer Yar, it's the the telepathic Troy, it's uh uh it, it was just everyone was they, they they suddenly didn't have ranks after after Brent Spiner, after Data, and I was like, oh, that's that's not great, guys. Yeah. It, it almost would have made more sense if they had identified because the others seem to be identified by like their most interesting character feature. Right. The Klingon. Which Klingon would have made sense. 
Yeah. That? Well, that one's a little, it's just his race. <laughs> yeah. It's like, imagine if, if a cop show today was just like, and the black Terry Crews. <laughs> like, Oh, yeah. See, that, that's a problem. Oh. Um, so it, 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 it starts right from the trailer. Um, but we'll, uh, we'll dive in anyways. Everyone gets, it gets their due for the most part. Troy, Troy gets probably used the worst, um, through the course of the series, but, um, you know, I think they had good intentions by and large, um, but they were um, very privileged uh, yeah. <laughs> at the yeah. same time. Uh, it's like, so. like comparatively, it yeah. was real good, but also comparatively to modern day, like ideals and, uh, and standards, it's like, okay, yeah, you were going the right direction, but you definitely weren't there yet. <laughs> uh, so, uh, I think we'll watch the trailer at the end of each episode. Uh, you've, you've already started uh, your rewatch of Encounter on Farpoint, so I'm not going to ask you kind of like what your uh, predictions are for the episode, but I think normally after we watch the trailer, I'm going to ask, you know, I think we, I think you should make some guesses as to what the episode's about. Um, and then I'm going to tell the audience my excitement level for watching the episode. I, I am quite excited to watch and talk about Encounter at Farpoint. Um, there are some other ones that I'm less so, but um, Encounter at Farpoint, <laughs> uh, for all of its uh, potential problems, is uh, is a is a good episode of Trek. We wouldn't have the rest of TNG without it. Um, and just like most first series, th- there's also an enormous amount per per season of of Star Trek. So most modern TV, like you get like 22 episodes if they're doing a full network run. You know, a lot of times you get 10 or you know some Game of Thrones seasons were six episodes. Yeah, PNG did twenty six episodes a season. Oh my god, that's an insane amount of television, and that, that, that level of production continued through Voyager. I believe they did twenty six episodes a season all the way through Voyager until maybe season seven. That's that's crazy to me. I can't. How long does that season last? That's like half the year. That's well, literally half the year. It's six months. Yeah, yeah, it was huge, and and they only got a couple weeks off in terms of you know between between seasons, the actors and and the writers and whatnot, and. Uh, it all boils down to, um, unlike the original, the original series was made for CBS. Mm-hmm. The next generation was made for syndication. Uh, so they were like they, preparing. They, they, yeah, well, they, they had to they had to get it into a good sized bundle to be able to sell it to other stations. And with syndication, my understanding, being a non industry person, is that it's a race to get to a hundred episodes because that's yeah. where you can really make the most money bundling it and selling it off to other stations. So for reruns, and a lot of my the first time I saw Trek was rewatches after, uh, or was watching it uh, in reruns uh, after school. Um, and I had like VHS tapes rigged up. Like I was recording episodes. <laughs> um, so uh, all that said, uh, they, they produced an enormous amount of content. Um, all right. Well, uh, for the saucer section, we don't have a crew log uh, this week, uh, but this is again, Michael, and Chris. And Chris. And uh, I'm going to hit stop record now. And I'll probably right. edit out the last little bit there. 